One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. Is Boris Johnson hanging on to his leadership by a thread? I can announce that the Parliamentary Party does have confidence. The British public are fed up, fed up with a Prime Minister who is utterly unfit for the great office that he holds. I think it's a, a convincing result, a decisive result, and what it, what it means is that as a, as a government we can move on and focus on the stuff that I think really matters. Over 70% of his backbenchers didn't support him. I mean, this is catastrophic for the Prime Minister, but I think what's more important, actually, is the overwhelming public opinion that Boris Johnson broke the rules and shouldn't be Prime Minister. Now the important thing is to come together and focus on not talking to ourselves within Westminster, an internal Conservative process, but to come together, galvanise together, to talk to the country about their priorities. Mr Johnson won the no-confidence vote, but not by as much as he thought he would, meaning there's more MPs in his own party who want him to go than he's actually aware of. But surely a win's a win, right? Or is there blood in the water and the sharks at Westminster are starting to circle? The Prime Minister hasn't got too long to recover either. There's by-elections on the horizon and his next steps are being watched closely. David Bond is the Evening Standard's deputy political editor. His whole line following the confidence vote uh, last night, which was obviously a high, highly dramatic end to the day, been really, really a frenetic day here at Westminster. But this morning, you know, much calmer and, and Boris Johnson is trying to say, you know, let's draw a line in the sand over that. The vote has cleared things up. He's got a mandate to continue as prime minister and leader of the Conservative Party, and he now wants to drive forward. So he's been talking about the sorts of policies that he wants to now really get on with delivering. He made some remarks at the start of the meeting with Cabinet this morning, which were uh, recorded by the broadcasters and then put out. He talked about future tax cuts, pledging action to deal with the cost of living crisis, talked about tackling the backlog in NHS appointments and treatments and on levelling up, of course, that signature policy for the Conservative Party uh, and his government and tackling crime. He also interestingly talked about, and these will be important to uh, Londoners uh, listening to this, uh, talks about dealing with the housing shortage and the cost of childcare, the high cost of childcare, which I know a lot of Londoners uh, will care about. So Boris Johnson looking to get on the front foot 
uh, this morning and reclaim the initiative to try and sort of put this vote of confidence behind him uh, and really charge on with delivering the agenda, which he says that he was elected to deliver back in 2019. Johnson won the leadership vote, but not by as much as he thought he would. How damaging was the result? Well, it was really interesting because yesterday when we were trying to find out what was going on amid all these, you know, meetings that were happening in different parts of the Westminster estate between, you know, allies of Boris Johnson, whips and Tory rebels and Tory loyalists trying to get a feel for what the numbers might be. You know, my space of one rebel in the morning who said, look, you know, we think we might get about 120. Now, whether they were sort of downplaying expectations, knowing they had more, who knows? Another Conservative MP said to me, oh, we think they've got about 100 that will vote against. So actually to have 148 of his MPs vote against him is really quite a significant chunk of the Conservative Parliamentary Party. So I think it's much higher than Number 10 and Boris Johnson were anticipating. And I think as the day went on yesterday, you could see that they were getting worried about what the numbers might be. I don't think there was any realistic prospect of him losing the confidence vote. I think they were pretty confident about that, but I don't think they um, expected there to be quite so many voting against him. So I do think it's, while it's a win, clearly it's, you know, he has been wounded by it. His authority has been thrown into sharp focus again. You know, lots of people uh, this morning talking about how uh, in the past, when you've had leadership contests in the Conservative Party, think of Theresa May back in 2018, but also Margaret Thatcher, John Major, they have, you know, they won confidence votes with uh, better outcomes than Boris Johnson got yesterday. And they had to go eventually. So uh, I think there are still uh, really serious question marks that he's going to deal with, which is why he wants to sort of get back on the front foot and start, you know, what he, uh, you know, draw a line under what he says is this kind of navel gazing in the Conservative Party, Conservative MPs focusing on Westminster politics when they should be focusing on what people in the country are talking about. Another leadership vote can't be called for 12 months. But what else can be done by those wanting to oust him? Yeah, so this is the 12-month rule. So under the under the sort of the current rules that are set by the 1922 Backbench Committee, which is the Conservative kind of trade union, if you like, for Conservative Backbench MPs, according to those rules, once you've had a vote of confidence in a prime minister and leader of the party, you cannot, if they win that vote, then they cannot face, they're immune to another challenge for uh, 12 months. Interestingly, there's been a bit of talk over the last few weeks, and, and, and that's still going around today about whether those rules could be changed to allow another confidence vote within 12 months. I think some of the Conservative rebels are sort of hoping that perhaps that change could be introduced and that would allow him to face another confidence vote in the weeks and months ahead, because clearly it's not gone away. As he would like, he's not managed to kind of draw a complete line under this. There are still going to be lots of rebels and opponents of Boris Johnson who will look to now try and force a change in other ways. But really, at the moment, there's not a lot you can do in terms of another confidence vote. I mean, you know, the question of whether he would face maybe some cabinet ministers uh, resigning, which would put him under pressure again. There doesn't seem to be any signs of that so far today. That could change. You know, we're in a very fluid situation, uh, but it does feel quite calm at the moment. So, and it doesn't feel like there's anyone in Boris Johnson's cabinet who would be that sort of person who would say, look, you know, I'm not sure I can continue to serve. And we saw lots of, you know, almost all members of the cabinet yesterday tweeting their support for Boris Johnson. So it would be quite a turnaround, I think, for them to now resign from from cabinet to try and force the issue. So um, I think that is uh, unlikely. So really, then it's it's a question of what happens in these by-elections, which are coming up in Wakefield and then in Honiton 
and Tiverton in Devon on June the 23rd. I think if the Conservatives lose both those seats uh, in the by-election, then again, the pressure will grow. What are people saying in Westminster? Do they think his days are numbered? I think that's the general consensus. It's interesting hearing from William Hague, Lord Hague, this morning, former leader of the Conservative Party, of course, saying that um, Boris Johnson, I'm just going to get the exact quote here, was now trying to drive along the M1 with two flat tyres and predicting that it won't end well. So, you know, his view is that he has been seriously damaged by this and it's inevitable that he will go, just a question of how long it takes. And I think that is the general consensus. Again, looking back to those previous Tory prime ministers, Tory leaders who have faced a vote of confidence and, you know, in Theresa May's case, she won in December 2018, but she was gone six uh, seven months later, having to resign. So I think that's what, you know, most wise heads uh, at Westminster think will eventually happen. But, you know, we are talking about a very different type of prime minister. Boris Johnson is not likely to go easily or quietly. Uh, and remember, he has a working majority of more than 70. That's different to Theresa May's situation, where she she really didn't have any votes to play with. But, you know, Boris Johnson should, in theory, have uh, the political power to f- uh, to really force through his agenda and his policies, and you know that is that is gives him a bit more comfort, I would say. But you cannot get away from the fact that 148 out of 359 of his MPs voted against him. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more from our deputy political editor David Bond about the latest with Labour and Beargate. Whilst you're here, why not give the leader a rate and follow? 
Well, lots of people still talk about Andy Burnham, the mayor of Greater Manchester, very popular in the party, did very well, you know, by taking Boris Johnson on during the COVID lockdowns, standing up for Manchester. So he's still seen as a very sort of popular figure. I think, you know, Lisa Nandy is another figure who who is often talked about. But, you know, I think at the moment, one of the problems for the Labour Party is that there is there are questions over Keir Starmer's leadership, but a bit like the Tory party, it's not entirely clear who would take over if, if Keir Starmer were to go, or indeed if Boris Johnson were to go. I think that's one of the reasons why Boris Johnson won the confidence vote. Yesterday, there wasn't a clear coalition around an alternative leader ever since Rishi Sunak was damaged by all the question marks over his family's wealth. Uh, and his own, you know, individual wealth, I th- I, you know, he was the obvious person perhaps to take over from Boris Johnson. But ever since that, you know, it's been, there's been question marks over who would be the successor. I think it's probably similar in the Labour Party. You know, a lot will depend on how they do, I think, in the by-election as well. In Wakefield, which is coming up on June the 23rd, crucial test. I mean, they're way ahead. They've gone up in the polls again. But there are lots of people who think, well, actually, they should be doing a lot better, given the state of uh, uh, Boris Johnson government and the question marks over his leadership. Is Labour seen as a strong opposition currently? Well, I think it goes back to that question about, you know, is Keir Starmer sort of really capitalising on the problems that Boris Johnson is having? And I think the jury is still very much out on that. You know, yes, they are ahead in the polls, but you know, you would expect that anyway, midterm with a couple of years out from the general election. So is he really punching through? And there are sort of, you speak to Labour people and there are still questions about whether, you know, he's quite got the charisma. Uh, and then there are questions over whether the policy agenda is there. You know, they've done a good job before Beergate blew up for them. They did a good job in taking the government on over uh, party gate i think you know they really force that through uh, force that onto the agenda in a big way but you know where is the sort of broader kind of vision for how they would run the country run the government if they were to be elected so i think until you start to see that i think a lot of people will still slightly have question marks over Keir Starmer. and that's it from the leader this podcast is back tomorrow at 4 p.m Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.